Welcome, everybody, to episode 29 of Stupid or Irresponsible. I'm Justin Shelley, CEO of Master Computing. And I'm Joe Milo, CIO of Master Computing. Joe, uh, it's been an interesting week around here. Good week. Uh, I think we kind of started talking about that as we recorded last time, but uh, never a dull moment. <laughs> but business aside, Joe, what's going on in your life? What uh, What's the most interesting thing that's happened to you lately? Uh... So I, I, I took a stab. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we, we typically don't cook that much. No? Uh, and if we do, it's, you know, the easy stuff. Mac and cheese, hot dogs. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to take on like a, we're going to try and do once a month a, a crazy meal. So this month we did uh, Beef Wellington. Oh, uh, really? It took us a few hours. Uh, you know, it was a lot, of, a lot of work. It was a lot of prep. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we're nef- we're not gonna do that ever again. No, <laughs> uh, not that one particularly. It was a lot of work for a little okay. gain or whatever, but it was cool. Uh, so I'm gonna try and uh, see if I can uh, start cooking. Being a new cook. hobby. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it a hobby. I'm not Joe Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, Milo. exactly. All right, <laughs> noted. Uh, I want an invite next time. Oh yeah, way. for sure. <laughs> yeah, you can cook and uh, we'll eat. No, no, right. no. That's not at all what I meant. No, you're definitely invited. <laughs> What about you? What's going on in your world? Uh, pink eye. Oh, I, no. You know, I'm not going to call this the best thing that's happened to me over the week, but yeah. uh, tell you what, I uh, I haven't had pink eye. I don't remember if I ever have. I probably did as a kid, <laughs> but sure didn't expect that to be my week this <laughs> oh, week, and here we are, and it is not fun, so just keep your distance. You know, <laughs> social distancing is now in full effect because you don't want this. Oh, man. That's what I got. Uh, so, listen, let's let's go ahead and jump in. Episode 29, Stupid or Irresponsible. You know, the uh, the show is mostly about preventing stupidity, maybe pointing it out as we see it, calling some of that, uh, you know, into the light. Irresponsible behaviors, we see that all the time. Um, maybe sometimes we're guilty of it. We try pretty hard not to be. And, you know, so here we are today, and we're going to do things a little bit out of order. We're going to go into our security tip. And then we're really going to spend some time breaking down uh, probably one of the most terrifying data breaches that's happened in it's my being career. claimed as the biggest breach, the cybersecurity incident that's ever happened in history. And yet it doesn't affect the biggest number of endpoints, but it's... Uh, that's arguable. We'll see. Well, we'll see. Yeah. So still terrifying, yeah. terrifying oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's got our full attention around here. And on that note, Joe, let's uh, let's go ahead and... And give people a tip. Yeah, so this week, uh, what the heck is an AUP, and why do you want it? That's a great question. What is the AUP? Well, uh, let's kind of break it down. So with so many access points from cell phones, uh, not an actual WAP, uh, from cell phones to laptops, uh, home computers, you just have a lot of devices. How can anyone hope to keep their network safe from hackers, viruses, and other unintentional security breaches? The answer is not one thing, but a series of things you can have to implement and constantly be vigilant about, such as installing and constantly updating your firewall, antivirus, spam filtering software, backups, you name it. This is why clients hire us, or us as an MSP, uh, or just IT in general. It's a full-time job uh, for someone to, with you know, you have to have specific expertise. It's a job, a full-time job if you know what you're doing yeah, and exactly. know it well. Exactly. Yeah, and stay on the pulse. This is not a DIY type no, of thing, guys. No, it's not something your brother, cousin, or whatever can no. take care of. But we see that. All the time. All right. So I interrupted you, but I just wanted to make that point. <laughs> guys, <laughs> just don't, don't, don't. 
You know, so once you have that uh, that basic foundation in place, the next most important thing you can do is create an acceptable use policy, AUP. Aha. Acceptable use policy. And train your employees on how to use the company devices and other security protocols, such as never accessing company email data or applications with unprotected home PCs or devices, for example. Uh, you know, you mean like that mad rush to work from home yeah, exactly. on whatever computer you've yeah. got there? Functionality over security is always typically the uh, uh, yeah. see, and that's how people get hacked. Yes, it is. It's crazy, especially when you you, know, you don't have an IT or MSP got your back that knows what's going on up to date. Because these guys, these hackers are doing it every day. Yeah. You know, they got nine to five jobs just like us. Right. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> so yeah. staying, staying close to it is necessary, vital for your security. Also, how to create good passwords, how to recognize a phishing email, what websites, never access, etc. Never assume your employees know anything or everything they need to know about IT security. Most likely, they know their job. Right. Hopefully, they know it well. Because that's what they're getting yelled at about day in and day out. Exactly. So if you're telling them they have a requirement or a deadline, here's your hard line, you got to do this, and maybe they've got to bend some rules to make it happen. Well, if it comes to IT security or network security, your entire business is at stake. Joe, I'd like to just point something out. Um, I was called into the tech room here at our own shop recently yeah. with a client's computer, I believe, laptop sitting there on, on somebody's desk, and, uh, and the conversation went something like this. Hey, Justin, check this security out. They not only uh, not they didn't write their password on a sticky note on their laptop. They wrote it in permanent marker on their laptop. <laughs> yeah, that's username and password. Yeah. So Joe, I uh, I believe you were privy to that conversation. Would you call that a good uh, security practice? Well, I mean, if we're sticking to the roots of our podcast, I would call that stupid. Yes, we're going straight to stupid on that one. That perhaps may have been in violation of a well crafted. Acceptable use policy. <laughs> 100%. Definitely violation of HIPAA policy. Well, I mean, there's Amongst that too, things. yeah. And it wasn't just, yeah, that, oh, it's so anyway, good. I, it wasn't just one username password, it was several. It was several of them. So not trying to derail the conversation, yeah, yeah, but on yeah, the yeah. subject of AUP, yeah. this is kind of what we're talking about. Exactly. If people aren't specifically told not to do stupid things. And trained. You can have it right, written right. in a dusty binder in the right. HR room. Yep. Who cares? You got to bring these things out and talk about them. Yep. Like constantly and vigilantly. Right. It's easier to forget something you took a five-minute course on 30 years ago, you know, <laughs> and it's ever-evolving. It's and always it, changing. It, it just sucks, though. I'm going to point that out because as a business owner, I'm telling you, it is so hard to keep track of everything that you've got to do personally and make sure your team does. It's impossible. It's so hard. Uh, yeah, impossible. But, man, this is one of those things that you can't, you can't let go uh, of. So... AUPs, guys. Yeah, Build can. them, make sure they're right, and train your people on them. Yep. Not once. <laughs> Frequently. Yes. All right. All right. So an AUP. And that, that's that, right? Yeah, that's that. Okay, so there's your security tip, guys. And now let's get into this, uh, this ridiculous breach that is still ongoing, still considered an outage. You've got all the servers offline. Yeah. Latest update I heard, and I'm, I might be uh, – Stealing your thunder here, but it was July 11th, I think, that they're hoping to have servers brought back online. Well, and that's these... just that's just the MSP side. We're Correct. Not even talking yeah. about yeah the thousands, there are hundreds of thousands that have actually reported. I think the last number I got was 150 thousand. The report from uh, the actual hackers was much, much, much higher. So somewhere in between, really, because the the last 
statistic I heard on encrypted endpoints was less than 1,500. So you and I are looking at different sources. Excuse me. 1,500 clients. No, endpoints. 150,000 endpoints is what I've heard. All right. Well, we'll dig it up. We'll get, hey, we'll I mean, and, and this is the thing, right? It's still exactly evolving. Yeah. We're still getting the information. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. Honestly, when, uh, and as I was looking at these numbers, and I know you and I had different data, I kind of thought of the, the 9-11, the Twin Towers attack, right? When the first, when it first happened on the news, you see the planes flying into those buildings and it's just, it's horrible. And I think the first death count was in the tens of thousands. Sure. It was, it was bad. We go to this really dark place. And then as they start sifting through, I think the total count was three, oh, really? 3,000 or something, you know, it, it came down. Sure. So I don't know, that might be a horrible example to use, but I I'm just saying we going the other way. And, and maybe so. Yeah. yeah. But, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that initially we report on all kinds of stuff when we don't really have yeah. the data to work with yet. Yeah. So I'm just putting that asterisk sure. out there for, sure. for any number that we're throwing out there today. <laughs> these are not set in stone. We yeah. don't really know the yeah. full extent of it yet. Absolutely. So. Okay. So I think uh, I've said about enough. Why don't you go ahead and work us through your updates? Yeah. So uh, speaking to it. Okay. So this was the Kaseya. Kaseya VSA breach, right? Yep. Uh, and it's been on their CVE. It's been there for three months. So they've had three wor- three months to work on this. And let me uh, let me try to bring this down to the level that the average Joe Schmo would understand. Kaseya, by the way, is a tool that a lot of IT companies use to manage their clients' computers. If we didn't say that last week, VSA, uh, I forget what that stands for. It's their specific uh, one of their specific platforms. One of Kaseya's platforms. Um, are you looking that up? Let me get a proper definition. Okay. And while you're while you're searching, make sure you may already know, but CVE. So VSA, you, so Kaseya VSA scheduling applications. What so is it? Visit. Um, excuse me. Visitation scheduling application. Visitation scheduling. So okay. It's, and then we get into the RMN. We had, yeah, yeah. We're we don't need to go there. Management. It's a server that controls endpoints, right? It's, it's, it's at a high level. It's the connection that, to get to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's the way you. Yeah. Yeah. The way you connect your clients' computers right. if you're an IT provider. Right. 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 Okay, uh, so that's what was breached. That's the type of service that was right. breached. And then the the CVE, and I've seen this come up multiple times, and I, I knew what it was when I was reading the articles, <laughs> but I forgot. Um, and I, I guess you're digging that up too, right? Uh, common vulnerabilities and exposures. Okay. I was going to say. So it's kind of like a standard uh, database of vulnerabilities, Right. Essentially, yes, yeah. It, so, it's, it gives them like a serial number. So when you're when you're programming, you've got CVEs, which is are known issues or bugs. Correct. Security flaws, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and so you issue it a a number, right? And yeah. so that's your CVE. Problem number one. Exactly. Problem number two. Yeah, right. Exactly. So these are known vulnerabilities. Precisely. That may or may not have yet been addressed. Or bugs. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. Okay. So go on. Say a breach. It's been on the yeah. CVE for three months. That's right. what I wanted to clarify. So th- this has been a known vulnerability for three months. Exactly. Right. Uh, and they had been working on it. We kind of talked about that. Uh, you know, they were still working on the the the, the patch, but when it got breached, right? Aid, right. Uh, so now they're in scrambling mode. You know, they're trying to fix it, uh, and they they got this third-party security incidents response team to come evaluate their entire systems. Okay. Their security. And what they have, they have found is uh, 
what is all all far too common. Um, they found their billing and customer support site, their old website, portal.caseya.net, was and has been since July of 2015 susceptible to their CVE of, you know, and it's got a number, 2015-2862. So something that's been around since 2015. A directory transversal attack. Uh, it's basically without credentials, you can even you can access uh, server files and locations just, you know, even the web config just from a browser without even cred- having credentials. No credentials needed at all. Not at all. So you just kind of basically you can go to the sitemap, you can kind of go and find directories, actually access some of these files and locations, username, passwords, you know, location of other sensitive information on that server. But without even hacking, you're just talking that these are publicly available if you knew the URL or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, wow. And it kind of <laughs> goes back. So, here's where here's what sucks about it, right? So, Kaseya has uh and we're talking two or three, four years ago, they have revamped their website, re- mm-hmm. revamped their portal. But in the midst of that, they kept their legacy deprecated right. portal alive. You know, typically you see that because older users or older clients or whatever, they want to keep it for, yep. you know, for their sake, or maybe they've got some older systems that need to access, blah, blah, blah. There's so many versions of that happening all over the place the in, in our work. All I, we see it all the time. time. Yeah. yeah. We'll the legacy later. Systems, yep. Another update. Okay. Um, yeah, so they left not necessarily a bad thing, except that you've got to know when you leave outdated software alive and accessible, this is a problem. Yeah. If if you want to keep it, if it's going to be live, you better be doing security patching. You better be doing security research and and keeping it or have it not accessible at all, except for physically walking up to the machine. I mean, yep. Yeah. Well, in this case, they, cause they just pulled it. They just took it down. Okay. All together. What's the point? They realized they swept it under the rug. They forgot about it, whatever. Um, but, at the, you know, at the time, it had username, password, the whole shebang. Now, when did they pull it? Recently. Uh, we're talking, yeah, day, day ago. Okay, okay. Days ago. Right. After the breach. Yeah, this is after the breach. This right. is after the breach for the other thing. Yeah. Which is still ongoing, yada, yada. However, oh, this is a separate. Patches. This is entirely separate. Oh, when they got a third-party audit, they found this other thing going Got on. it. Sorry. So I, I should know this, but I, I didn't put that together. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so okay. absolutely wild. And we won't even get into the other stuff. Uh, right. But yeah, so the big guys, they're still working with those guys. Uh, all the MSPs got breached and all their customers and clients. And again, I want to say, uh, somewhere in between uh, the numbers we were throwing around, and I want to say on the initial alert that, hey, we'll give you the $75 million for the universal decryptor, right. they said millions, millions of endpoints. So we'll see. We'll see. That's what the bad guys are saying. Right. So, yeah. so somewhere between. Interesting. Because, I see, so I'm watching videos of the CEO. I forget his name. Um, of Kaseya? Yeah. yeah. And I'm watch, or reading articles mm-hmm. that are still quoting him. Uh, but their official position is that they shut it down so quickly, so effectively, that it, it did very minimal damage. Yeah. I mean, to say that okay. they only got 20-some uh, MSPs, I heard 40 MSPs and 1,500 endpoints or less is what I heard. Okay. So, anyways, I, I again, I'm just pointing out or, or yeah. reiterating it's early. Uh, naturally, listen, I, I ache for this guy. I'm not going to try to throw him under the bus. If You, you have to try to mitigate your own. Um, <laughs> well, I don't even know. You know, the... Everybody's jumping down, jumping on him, right? Sure. What, what's his name? Do you, do you remember his name? Let me Keith? look it up. No, it's, it starts with a K. 
Um, anyways, the CEO of Kaseya. So what I don't want to do is armchair quarterback. Uh, he's in a horrible position. There's just, I, I can't imagine a worse thing to go through. I don't want to touch your phone. Fred, I wasn't even close. Fred Bacola? <laughs> Fred. Yeah, we'll just call him Fred because I don't know how to say his last name. Looks like Zach Thomas. Yeah, yeah old football guy. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm kind of on a tangent, but I'm just, I, in his position, it, he does have a responsibility to try to keep his business afloat, his people employed. Uh, and so naturally, I think he's going to try to minimize what he says publicly as far as the damage. So I, I, I don't fault him on that. And then, of course, the bad guys who are out there trying to collect, right. they want to justify their uh, large ask of $70 million. And, well, hey, this is a bargain. So here's, here's <laughs> another cool thing about this. I don't, I don't have this on here, but... So they're trying out another... There, there's potentially some crazy cryptography going on um, or encryption going on. Uh, from what I understand, and this is uh, this is like third-party knowledge. This is somebody telling me this. So it might not be accurate, but... They're offering individual users uh, uh, itemized uh, uh, system file uh, extension uh, decryption. Oh, really? So let's say you want to just get all your .doc files. Word docs, yeah. Then they'll give you a specific key for those to to imply that they they've they've done some different crypto uh, encryption that is actually breaking it up down by the by the extension and so like let's say you know 30 I I don't have the numbers I wish I did It's an a la carte business model Exactly yeah, yeah. And, but but also that implies that the actual encryption is doing it by the file and right. and annotating that Now normal encryption what happens is they they you know they add an extension that let's say want to cry dot want to cry to everything so everything's got that extension Right you don't really know what that actual extension was. Was it a JPEG? Was it a SQL oh, database? Right. Yeah, yada yeah. yada. Uh, but now they're offering. Now I've got an encryption, and and also to to imply that each one of those has their own separate keys, or at least right. some sort of minor key that can at least unencrypt or decrypt that particular file type, and that it is aware enough to understand that this is this and this is that. Kind of interesting. It is. Uh, yeah. So I, maybe I'll have an update for that. I'll, okay. I'll actually dig dig into that it's just been so crazy with everything else it's evolving hey these yeah. guys are getting smarter and better at their job i mean it it sucks yeah. <laughs> it's criminal yep. uh it's a shitty thing to do but it, it is an evolving uh yeah. industry yeah <laughs> it's pretty wild yeah um but that's not the only emergency going on right now no no, no there's a, another huge one mm-hmm. and we only briefly mentioned this one which is the print nightmare print nightmare we briefly print mentioned that last week but i'll kind of run down what what it was what what happened and uh uh some new updates on that so here's how it went down so a security researcher publicly announced uh to microsoft you know hey we've got this vulnerability um it has to do with print spooling right so mm-hmm. printing basically uh, but print spooling, the spooler, is an active service that runs on every Windows machine yeah. in existence yep. for all time. And by default, it's turned on. It's mm-hmm. enabled. Now, it doesn't. It's, your computer will still print without your spooler. Uh, it's, it's typically made for you know, print servers to be able to spool. Uh, they kind of migrated into 
your local workstation will throw it into this spooler so that you know multiple documents at a time it'll it'll take turns printing and stuff. yeah first in first out it's exactly. just keeping track of who's right. who's in line right you got you, line you first get away with it without having it on but right. anywho there is uh, a bunch of vulnerabilities with the thing well anyway this this it's or the security company uh you know sent out a thing to microsoft as they typically do announce hey we've got this vulnerability blah blah, blah. and for whatever reason uh so with these, they have a, point, a proof of concept, right? Which is basically, here's the how-to. Here's how we breached it. They don't ever publicly disclose that because it's basically telling hackers how to breach the zero day. Right. You don't want to do that. Uh, and so what they did was, uh, you know, they contacted Microsoft and they said, Here, here's the proof of concept. Unfortunately, uh, there's two very high vulnerabilities, zero days going on. Microsoft issued an immediate patch for one of these vulnerabilities. Uh, however, the security guy that went ahead and did that, uh, probably an intern or it, just somebody that's bad at their job, they took the proof of concept and made the proof of concept not work. However, the proof of concept is just to show you, hey, here's generally how you can do it. Uh, but you know, in this gigantic right up, right above, you can realize it's there's several ways to go around to crack this egg. Yeah, here's one way, but here is all you know. Here's what's, what needs to be fixed. Well, anyway, the guy late for lunch, whatever. He issued this patch, and now the proof of concept doesn't work, but the reality is it's still wide open and vulnerable for everything. Mm. So the issue, uh, here's the patch. Well, then the second research, research company comes in and says, oh, well, cool. So we were actually working on that, too. Here's the proof of concept for how we did it, uh, which is basically a how-to. Well, there's two things wrong with that, or at least bad for Microsoft. One, this is not for the vulnerability that they issued the patch for at all, right. even. It's the higher it wasn't level even for problem. The, no. It was it's for different? an entirely different part. Jeez, oh, it's the nightmare. <laughs> Spooler had been as super vulnerable for all kinds of reasons. Uh, briefly, and I don't want to get too high level. Uh, the principaler runs by default with full kernel privileges, and we're talking oh. like this is super super admin, right? Yeah. So you got access to that, and uh, apparently there are several ways that, um, and even according to the researchers, uh, uh, I can't pronounce his name. It's Chinese, but. Uh, he said, if, if if we showed you the proof of concept, you'd be like, wow, that is ridiculously easy. Really? <laughs> so ridiculously easy to have full uh, remote kernel code execution, access. kernel access. So basically, they could do whatever they wanted. Take over your domain, wipe everything, you name wow. it. But again, uh, these guys did issue the how-to, and they took it down hours afterwards, but it had been in the wild in public, uh, I, I believe on Twitter. Um, <laughs> with the full how-to. So Microsoft scrambling, and they initiate... Uh, uh, so this was even after the fact of the other vulnerability still susceptible, but oh yeah, by the way, now we've, they've published the how-to to get to this other way. So uh, fortunately for us, yesterday... Um, oh boy. Today, yeah, so on the July 8th, they have patched... They've got... Uh, uh, what do you call those patches? Out of... Out of uh, they issued emergency patches. Yeah. We don't have to wait till Tuesday for the update. Here you go. Go download and install it. So anybody out there, you got a Windows machine, go run some Windows updates. Now, <laughs> these updates are generally pushed automatically, right, these days? Or is this something people have to manually go do? Uh, so that's part of the thing. So your computer is typically set up to say, try to download and install after hours. But there's right. so many, especially for somebody that's not on a, uh, doesn't have an MSP or an IT guy. Uh, they're automatically going to try and update next time you reboot. 
Right. Maybe it's out of band. Maybe you set it for like midnight or something like that. So it doesn't reboot your computer and, oh, well, by the way, I turned my computer off and I'm not using it. Go get it. In fact, right now, if you're, you know, pause this. Yeah. Click start. Check for updates. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty crazy. And the other big one we talked about last week, uh, Western Digital. Yeah, how's that going? Yeah. <laughs> so to recap on that one, so... Uh, do you think anybody's mad about this one? No. Nah. Is anybody mad at Western Digital? No. Nah. Okay. Because I think I mentioned last week, this is sound business. <laughs> this was smart move on their part. Well, they're actually... They're, and we'll get to it. They, they kind of... They're changing their tune. Okay. I, I, who would have seen that coming? Yeah. So kind of to recap, there was a flaw in all Western Digital my book, External Drives. Um it was a zero-day exploit. It was reported in 2020 prior to the Pwned Own in Tokyo. The security researchers showed, hey, there's this gigantic gaping vulnerability where there's remote code. Uh, you can go in there and do whatever you want with it. Uh, Western Digital then replied, hey, that bug's been resolved in our new operating system, OS5. Uh, so then the researchers said, okay. And so they posted a video on YouTube you know, with their proof of concept. Here's how you do it. Well, the unfortunate thing is most of these things out in the wild are in the old version, OS 3. It can't be upgraded, right? Well, a lot of them can't, exactly. Yeah. They're older software. There's somebody somebody connected to their server, set up backups, whatever, and forgot about it. That's typically how these external backups do. And uh, hey, go figure. Uh, they got hacked. Yeah. A lot of people got their information wiped. What's their digital's response was, oh, yeah. Well, we're not doing any security updates for our old stuff, so we we recommend you just upgrade to an OS five, which is basically anything that was produced in the last year and a half or two years. Uh, yeah, customers didn't like that. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there were some lawsuits. I didn't mention that. Um, anyway, so facing the backlash, uh, Western Digital also, uh, they pledged now they're going to provide data recovery services to effective customers uh, starting this month. They're going to pay for data recovery services. Yeah. Well, that's pricey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. They're they're eating a lot here, and they're also uh, they'll be eligible for a trade-in program, so you can trade your old devices for the new devices if they can't upgrade. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And a spokeswoman said the debt recovery service will be free of charge. Wow. So they're, they're eating all of it. That's huge. Yeah. And uh, it seems like there might have been a cheaper way to go about this from the beginning instead of hey. That's fair, but I'm glad that they took this turn. Sure. Um, yeah. Even if it took a lot of pissed off people and a lot of white data for right. it to happen, at least they changed their tune. The hardest thing is when you get stuck in that thing and, you know, we're just going to stick by that. I mean, that's a good way for Western Digital to get out of the hard drive game. To be, yeah, <laughs> at least right. The external drink game. Yeah. So good for them for changing their tune. But like you said, definitely it's something they could have mitigated by, and a lot of money they could have saved by maybe having a different stance earlier. Right. It's been, uh, like I like to say, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. In the world of security. <laughs> Criminy. <laughs> I was, uh, I'll name drop here real quick. Uh, several years back, I got to go up to Canada and see Robert Herjavec in his office. You know, because he's a big cybersecurity guy. Uh -huh. Shark Tank guy, for those of you that follow Shark Tank. Anyways, uh, and one of his comments was uh, he... He's just like, this This is a great field to be in because as we get into the Internet of Things and, you know, things just keep developing and growing and more connected, and he's like, security is never going anywhere. No. We will never be out of business. <laughs> it's only going to be better and better for security companies. 
And at the time, I'm just like, I'm listening to him. I'm terrified. I'm like, well, shit. That's a pretty dystopian I, thing to say. Yeah, seriously. It is. I it's mean, reality. I, it's reality. It's, I mean, I, and I don't know where I stand on it, honestly, because my passion isn't security. I, I love business. I love technology, but I don't like fighting Russians. <laughs> you know, I, that's not what I got into business to do. It's what we have to do, and we're damn good at it. Um, but I'd love this to not be what we do every day. You know, I'd love to get to a place where we could get security figured out and, and we weren't reading just paragraph after paragraph of the nonsense that's going on out there. But I tell you what, old Robert, he was right you know, because this was it was enough years ago that this type of breach that we're talking about today wasn't even imaginable. Right. It just we didn't have these types of technologies out there like the Kaseya breach that would just it just wasn't a thing. We weren't we weren't dealing with this kind of stuff and it's it's getting worse. It's getting scarier. Um which just means we've got to keep up in our game. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm where I'm going with all that, but uh did you so are you is that is that the end of the That's what we got. That's what we got. Updates. All right. So then I guess on that note, we just kind of well, I do want to tease next down. week yeah. before we close out here. Yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about email security. Email is not private. Be extremely careful. Oh, that's nonsense. You're definitely going to check. My email's encrypted. Nobody can get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by default, Office 365, it's encrypted, right? Therefore, it's private. Therefore, we don't have to be careful at all. Uh, don't even want to comment on that. <laughs> uh, there's some sarcasm there, guys, if you can't pick up on it. <laughs> So that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting one to break down because I I would hypothesize that the vast majority of breaches involve some version of email compromise. I'd go with that. I don't have data to back that up other than just my own observations, the stuff that we deal with on a day to day basis. But yeah, email is a huge problem, huge problem. So well, then I I just take that back to kind of where we started off the acceptable use policy and training on it, really the biggest challenge to cybersecurity, in my opinion, is humans, yep. the people, the emotions. We are emotional creatures. We're driven, A, to avoid conflict, and B, to help people. Mm -hmm. And those two emotions are exploited by cybercriminals all the time. Yep. So... It's a constant battle, guys, and we are, uh, like I said, it may not be my passion, or at least it's not why we got into cybersecurity. However, we are here to help, and we can and will and do fight this day in and day out. We can protect your network. We can protect your people. Uh, we can teach you simple trips, uh, trips, tips and tricks, and uh, just, you know, you fight so hard to build your business and to take care of your employees and your clients and your customers and your patients, whatever you call them. Um, and then some asshole comes in and locks up your network and puts you out of business, puts you on the streets. So again, don't take it lightly. Get on, uh, jump on mastercomputing.com slash discovery, book a 10 minute call with me and we'll go over. I'll just ask you some basic questions. We can tell you where you're at, give you some pointers on where you need to go. And if it makes sense, um, we can come in and do a deep dive on your network and, and offer some real solid security measures for you. So that's all I've got, Joe. Do you have any final thoughts, final words? Exactly. All right, guys. We'll, uh, see you next week. Take right. care. Yeah.